Back everybody, it's the Davo Say So podcast here back giving you the latest sports topics and events. And we are finally back on the pod today, man. It's been too long, been way too long. Had a lot of busy stuff going on with life, but we are here now for the break. A lot of NBA seasons stuff is going on, a lot of with the NFL as well. But today we got some buzz around the NBA a little bit. So if many of you are unaware, Shaquille O'Neal. One of the greatest centers of all time. Recently caught, I wouldn't necessarily say caught flack, but caught a lot of attention. For one, saying that Stephen Curry is better than him all the time. And that Stephen Curry should be in the GOAT discussion. Do I think Steph Curry should be in the GOAT discussion? No. I do not think he should be in the GOAT discussion. I still believe that Curry has... A lot to do to get into the conversation, but I also think it's stuff that we've seen from the past that can exclude him from the conversation. I mean, a lot of people are going to just look at the, the numbers and whatnot, and obviously his resume doesn't match up to go status. Now, I will say this. To me, there are three to four guys that are in a conversation for the GOAT. You got LeBron, Jordan, Kareem. And I would throw Tim Duncan in there. A lot of people don't give Tim Duncan his respect. I do believe Tim Duncan should at least be in the discussion. When we're looking at resumes and we're looking at finals MVPs, MVPs, and just numbers in that category, when it comes to rings, Curry is right up there with them. I mean, he's got four that's tied with LeBron. Jordan and Kareem obviously have six. You get to MVPs, James, uh, LeBron has four, Kareem six, Jordan five. All NBAs, Kareem 19. Kareem and LeBron are both at 19. Jordan 11, Curry 9. Curry is the all-time leader in three-point percentage. I mean, he's got, I would say, out of anyone who isn't in the conversation, I would probably say he has one of the best cases to be in the GOAT discussion. But one of the, obviously the main reason why he's never going to be in the conversation is because if you go to the other side of the basketball, what does he bring you? Now, I will admit, from the last couple of seasons, he's had he has improved as far as defensive effort. But Curry's never known to be a stopper. Curry's never known to be a guy that you can trust on the defensive side of the ball. Guys currently, you know, they always hunt Steph Curry when it comes to defense. LeBron has constantly hunt him. Heck, SGA just posted a whole reel on Instagram of him cooking Curry. So... I feel like that's the biggest reason why Curry would never be in discussion. Just because when you think of guys like Kareem, who's an all-time shot blocker. Not the all-time shot blocker, but is one of the best shot blockers. You think of Jordan, who has a number of defensive player of the years, has been All-NBA. Think of LeBron, who should have had a defensive player of the year in 2013. Made five times, made a defensive All-NBA five times. And early in his career, was known as the best two-way player in the NBA for the longest. You know? That's going to keep Curry out of the discussion. But 
I also want to look at another category that I feel like nobody is talking about, which is iconic moments. When we talk about iconic playoff moments that make careers, I feel like when it comes to sports, everything has like a Heisman, Heisman moment feel, right? There has to be a moment where we're like, okay, this, when we look back at his career, this can solidify him as one of the greatest players ever. Not saying Curry's not, because he definitely is. But when you think of iconic moments like Jordan, for example, Game 6, Utah, gets the steal, hits the shot, series over, gets him his sixth ring. It's a couple moments you can probably get for Jordan. Kareem, obviously, he had a big game in the finals. Can't remember the year exactly, but... He showed up big in a couple finals. You think of LeBron, obviously, Game 5, 2012 against Boston, 45-5 and 15. Even think of Game 6. You can think of the whole three-game stretch in 2016 versus the Warriors against Curry. Game 5, Game 6, Game 7 was an iconic stretch for LeBron. When I look back at Curry's career, I can't think of an iconic moment, let alone that holds up with those guys but it's going to be considered something that puts him in that conversation. I mean, his biggest moment to me is probably game four against Boston in 2021 or 2022 up to when they were down 2-1 versus Boston in the finals at Boston. A big game nonetheless. Definitely was a game that changed up the series because they began to win out the rest of the games. But down 2-1 in the finals... Is your and you score 40 on the road is your biggest moment? I don't know if that's gonna get you in the conversation. I don't think that's big enough. And when we look back at Curry's career, especially in the playoffs, I mean, it's the reason why he only has one MVP, one finals MVP. And I know people, a whole lot of people don't want to talk about it. And again, I don't want to bring things up like this. And it makes it seem like I'm the Curry hater or I'm bullying Curry. I love Curry, but I'm sorry. At some point, we're just going to have to keep it real. There's a reason why Curry has only had one finals MVP. And that is because more times than not, he's come up short in the finals as far as his play. Not saying his team, because obviously he has four championships. He's won a lot. But there's a reason why he only has one finals MVP. And... I feel like a lot of people are not going to be able to let go of the 3-1 just because you were the unanimous back-to-back MVP. You were up 3-1. You had the greatest team assembled. You have to close out that series. Big-time players close out that series. All-time great players close out that series, and he wasn't able to. And also, what I feel like is going to keep him out of the conversation is the acquiring of Durant for those four seasons. And I always felt like this, that what what Durant going to Golden State does to his legacy is the same thing that's going to happen vice versa for Curry. Because we're always going to look at Durant, especially if Durant doesn't win another ring. We're always going to look at Durant, look back at his career and say, yo, you were the guy who was never able to get it done as the franchise guy. Thus far, we're looking at your two rings as like, eh, you were riding the coattails of Curry. That wasn't really your team for real. Now, Curry gets a lot more leeway because he won before Durant and he went after Durant. However, we can also look back at those years of Curry as like, yo, we don't know if you would have 
won another championship or gone back to the finals without Durant during that four-year time period. Because you got to remember, the championship was, the championship he won in 2022, LeBron wasn't even in the playoffs. And Iggy has already came out and said, like, the Cavs had our number. I don't know if we would have beat LeBron again if we would have met them. So it was clear, and the whole team knew it. Curry, Draymond, and Steve Kerr have all admitted that they needed Durant to come to Golden State to help them to beat LeBron because they felt like LeBron had them figured out. And so from that from that perspective, you have to go into you have to say Curry getting Durant doesn't help his legacy either. Now, winning without him does. But still, those two extra rings, or yeah, those two extra rings that you got, still diminishes his legacy in some form or fashion. Not to the extent of Durant, but even if you look back in the 2019 season when Durant went out, you would expect Curry to take over and become the man and, and be able to win the series, but he didn't. He wasn't able to pull out and win the series even without Durant, and so. You have to look at things like that, like you look at Jordan, look at Kareem, you look at LeBron, obviously, those guys. I know Kareem doesn't have as many finals MVPs, but every time those guys were in the finals, they were the main guys. And so I feel like that, on top of his defensive liabilities, will forever keep him out of the GOAT discussion. He may win more rings, and I've said this a lot of times. It really doesn't matter how many wins Curry wins. I don't feel like there's anything he can do personally anymore to get him in the conversation because of those things. Curry is nonetheless a great player. He's definitely top 10. Definitely top 10. But I don't think there's anything he can do anymore. And so I think really those three or four guys are in a conversation. A lot of people would throw Kobe in there. I can't really throw Kobe in there. I will say this, though. I think Curry may be better than Kobe. Simply because Curry was, even though Curry had Durant on his team during the finals run, Curry was the franchise guy throughout the whole tenure. He's still the franchise guy of the team. With Kobe, he came into the he came to the Lakers with the understanding that it's Shaq's world. Shaq was the most dominant player and for majority of his success, Kobe, for majority majority of his success was with Shaq. If we really want to be honest, I mean, he's got he's got one MVP without him. Yes, he went to three finals or four, I believe. No, no, he went to he went to three finals, but only won two of them. When he was with Shaq, they won three and went to three straight. And so, you can make your argument that. Most of Kobe's success in the NBA came with Shaq when obviously he was playing second field to Shaq. I can't put somebody in a conversation for the GOAT who wasn't even the best player for majority of the time he won championships. And I know, again, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation either. But if we're talking about GOAT, if we're talking about the greatest to ever do it, there cannot be a moment where... You were successful, but you weren't the guy. 
There just can't, there can't be a moment. Now, a lot of people, again, will bring up Kareem and Magic. Well, oh, well, you know, Kareem kind of met Magic during the, you know, the downfall of his career and Magic kind of kept them afloat. I don't really see it like that. To be honest, I really saw it as 1A, 1B with Kareem and Magic because, yeah, Magic was, I feel like Magic was the better player in the regular season. But they leaned on Kareem more during the postseason, especially. Especially. Because, you know, Magic had a tough time with the Tragic Johnson situation and, 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 and all that. So I feel like they leaned more on Kareem in the postseason than they did Magic, which, in, from my perspective, kind of gives off the 1A, 1B. Or not 1A, two 1As, basically. With Kobe and Shaq. It was clear. Shaq was the most dominant player in the NBA, and it wasn't even close. Shaq was the best player in the league. He was the best player on that Lakers team, and they played through Shaq. And the reason why they broke up was because Kobe was like, I want to spread my own wings. And Shaq was like, no, you can't spread your wings because I'm still here. And then, obviously, Shaq left, and Kobe had a pretty rough stretch for a couple years where he wasn't really making noise in the playoffs wasn't getting to the finals, you know, teams weren't winning, and obviously he fought through all that and eventually got him two more, but I still, I look at those three wings, those first three wings and say, I can't really put you in a conversation, bro, because you were playing second fiddle to somebody else for the majority of the time you won, so I can't give you that, but I mean, when it comes to the Curry and the GOAT discussion, I still feel like all of this is a, is a, a, a side play, if you will, to make another case for him being better than LeBron. I feel like a lot of people for the longest have been pushed or been trying to push the narrative that Curry somehow is better than LeBron, which again, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And you don't even have to bring up the resumes, right? You don't have to bring up the resumes. You don't have to bring up the skills. You don't, I mean, obviously, we've already talked about Curry. He's not a great, he's not a good defensive player. Obviously, LeBron in his heyday was. So that alone just clears everything. Obviously, LeBron's a better passer. He can do more than Curry outside of score the ball. Curry is a better shooter. I don't know if Curry's a better scorer than LeBron. I can't say that, but he's for sure a better shooter. But we don't even have to talk about that. When it comes to Curry and LeBron, Cause see, what a lot of times when we get to comparing players, especially when we talk about all-time greats, none of them played each other, so it's really hard to evaluate. To an extent, it's really hard to evaluate who's better, who's not. In the case of Curry and LeBron, we saw them match up for almost a decade, and LeBron has outplayed Curry. Every single time they've matched up in the postseason. And it's not even close. LeBron has outplayed Curry every time they played. So, how can you sit there and watch that? And then come back and say, oh, Curry's better than LeBron. When every time they played, LeBron outplayed him. Now, Curry might have won. But again. With adding Durant on the team and basically creating a super team that was it was impossible for them to lose, how much credit can I really give? The, how can I give you for that? And 
this past postseason with the Lakers beating the Warriors in a conference in in, in a uh, semi-conference finals, it only solidifies that. Because I really believe that if Durant never joined the Warriors and the Warriors and the Cavs were to meet in the finals again, the Cavs would win. They would win. Curry, Curry's only time beating LeBron went fully healthy. Oh, no, excuse me. Curry's first ring, he played the Cavs in the finals. No Kevin Love, no Kyrie. Warriors win in six. The next year, Curry and Kyrie are healthy. LeBron wins in seven. Now you're bringing Kevin Durant. It's an impossible. They were literally built to not lose. There was no way LeBron was beating that team with Durant, with Clay, with Dre, and Steve Curry as the coach. There was no way that team was going to lose. Then you come back years later with a hobbled LeBron in the postseason. LeBron that's not even at the best of his abilities, not because of age, but because of health. And he still gets outplayed by LeBron and on top loses as a defending champs. And I know a lot of people may look back in that series and be like, oh, well, LeBron wasn't, LeBron didn't outplay Curry. LeBron was, had a foot injury, wasn't the best, obviously, Curry. But, bro, if you look at the stats, outside of points per game, where Curry barely hasn't beat in that series, which is LeBron's 24.7 a game to Curry's 26.7. LeBron shot better from the field, 49.5 to Curry's 43.9. Only 1% down as far as three-point percentage, and that was when LeBron was shooting horrific from three. That's when he was missing like 16 in a row. LeBron's 33.3% to Curry's 34.3% as far as three-point percentage. Obviously, Curry shot better from the free-throw line. And Curry committed more turnovers. So you tell me, outside of free throws and points per game, who had the better series? And it's not like, even when it comes to the points per game, it's not by a significant margin. They're right there with each other. And I believe to finish this series, LeBron had, I believe, what what was it? 20 and 20, I believe he finished this, or 30 and and 10 or something. We had a 30-point game to finish off the series. So that only concludes my theory of Curry not able, Curry cannot beat a fully healthy LeBron-led team without Durant. That's why I always say Curry and Durant needed each other. It was the perfect match. They couldn't have met, they couldn't have met with each other at a better time. I feel like they both needed each other extremely. And I feel like for Durant, that will always keep him out of the top 10 all-time conversation and for curry that's going to keep him out of the goat discussion because curry solidified top 10 he did that last he already he's already done that with the last championship he had he solidified top 10 but when we talk about best all time there's a criteria you have to meet to either to even be in the conversation and curry doesn't meet that so i don't know why people are trying to act like oh yeah curry no he doesn't. I mean, for one, he's not good defensively. That keeps him out of the conversation based off that alone. And again, we're talking about iconic moments. When we're talking about showing up when it matters, listen, I can bring up a lot of instances where Curry didn't show up than times he did. 
and we don't have the time to do that today. But trust me, we we can. We we can a lot. So that's number one. Number two. Last, I would probably say the last month or whenever the in season championship game was. I heard a lot of talk about Tyrese Halliburton being a superstar. And I'm sorry. People throw out the term superstar so loosely that it's honestly, it's irritating. The whole week, people were talking about Tyrese Halliburton like he was this solidified superstar point guard off of a couple of games. Now listen, Tyrese is a great player. He's a great player. Superstar though is a push. Is a push. And I'm sorry. And I know people are gonna label me a hater, but I'm sorry. I, I just have to say it. I just have to keep it real. What Tyrese Halliburton is this year is what SGA was last year. People was talking about SGA is a star. I remember ESPN came out with the, the list of top 10 players in the NBA. They had SGA 8 over Ja and LeBron and AD and Durant. I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? When are we going to make these guys earn their stripes before we just give them this title of superstar? Like, SGA hasn't been to the playoffs as the main guy yet. The only time he's been to the playoffs was when he was a backup in the in LA with the Clippers as a rookie. Like SGA hasn't done nothing in the playoffs yet. How are we just gonna hand him the superstar tag? And honestly, which is really what I wanted to make this video about or this podcast about, excuse me. To me, there De'Aaron Fox is better than SGA. De'Aaron Fox is better than SGA. De'Aaron Fox is a guy who's been in the league for seven years now. Has been solid his whole career. Been getting better and better and better and better every single year. In a situation in Sacramento that has been the laughing stock of the NBA since I, I, I don't know when. I mean, before last year, they had one of the craziest playoff droughts ever. They hadn't been, outside of last year, they hadn't been to the playoffs since like 2000, I believe, what, 2006? It was. And De'Aaron Fox, who is the guy in Sacramento, got them to the playoffs, has put them back on the market, played the defending champions in Golden State. With Steph Curry. For seven games, De'Aaron Fox went eye to eye with Steph Curry. Match for match. For seven games. There was a game six on the road at Oracle with Golden State up 3-2. An elimination game at Oracle Arena is basically a death sentence. And what does Fox do? 40 plus and was able to pull out there with the win. Now, obviously, Curry did what he did in Game 7 because he's all-time great. And I'm not really mad at that because this this Kings team is very young. But what I, when I see what De'Aaron Fox has done, De'Aaron Fox has put in work 
De'Aaron Fox has been to the playoffs and he's shown up. What has SGA done up to this point that makes him a superstar, let alone makes him better than Fox? I can make an argument that OKC has a better team than, than Sacramento this year. And so I'm looking at it from that perspective, like SJ has to show me. And I understand people, oh my God, we're in love with his fits and he's a decent, he's a good player. So we just give him, no, he has to earn his stripes, bro. He has to, like when it comes to the playoffs, he has to show, first of all, he has to get there. He hasn't even gotten there yet. And it looks like they're on pace to get there this year. So we'll see what happens. But I'm sorry. I look at a guy like Fox. If we're talking superstars, Fox is closer to being a superstar than SGA is because he's shown me in the postseason. Like, we just can't skip steps with these guys and act like it's okay. Like, I'm sorry. Tyler's Halliburton, like, bro, he's good. But, bro. I mean, if, we, if, if we're going off tiers, like, there's no way you can tell me Tyrese is A-tier or, or not, let alone B-tier. Because B-tier guys are the De'Aaron Foxes. And I don't think Tyrese is better than Fox either. I don't think, I don't think SJ and Tyrese are better than Fox or Ja. Those guys have shown me in the postseason that they can get it done. Well, as far as, I, I wouldn't say not get it done as far as winning a championship, I say getting it done as far as performing at the highest level and elevating your team to the next round. Now, obviously, the Kings haven't gotten to the next round, but I saw Fox elevate his game to another level that gave his team a chance. Tyrese and SGA haven't even been there, so how are we just going to push this narrative on them like they're superstars? Like, you have to earn the, you have to earn superstar. You have to earn that. And so we can't just sit up here and give these guys this this tag and they haven't even earned it yet. I understand that people are in love with his fits, but I'm sorry. Like, this is basketball. Like, you have to show us on the court. And I think SGA is a great player. And I think he will get there eventually. I think he will get to superstar status eventually because I do think OKC is a young team. They're playing well this year. They're second in the West, I believe, and SGA is a huge part of it. And he has a great offensive game. He's, he's, you know, he's not the best defensively, but he, it's acceptable at times. And so I think OKC is really going to break the mold this year. But I'm looking at Sacramento, and I'm looking at a team that has a, to, the potential to get to the conference finals. I'm looking at a team that has the potential to participate for a championship. I'm not really looking at OKC like that. But I don't think that SJ is better than Fox. I, I I don't understand where that's coming from. Fox is, he averaged 30 last year. He's going into the season. He's averaging 30 right now. Leading the league in fourth quarter points again. This is a guy who, when the, mad, when the moments are at its best, he elevates to another level. And I know SGA does too. SGA, he, he turns it up in the fourth too. But when Fox does it, it's to a whole nother level. And to be quite honest with you, I'm looking at SGA playing alongside uh, Jalen Williams in chat. And Sacramento, outside of De'Aaron Fox, you got Sabonis and who else? Now, I'm not saying those guys are scrubs. 
But Chat and Jalen Williams have the potential to maybe be all stars one day. I know Sabonis is technically an all star, but bro, he I mean we, we saw what happened to him in the postseason. He 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 freezes up way too many times. And I know he's a good he's a good big that can, you know, play in the post and, and dish and facilitate to other guys. A great rebounder, but I'm sorry. That doesn't help you. That doesn't help you when he when the matters are at the highest. When the, excuse me, when the moments are at the highest. Honestly, if I'm a team and I'm playing the Kings, I'd rather Sabonis go off than De'Aaron Fox goes off. And so when De'Aaron Fox is playing with who he's playing with, he doesn't have the craziest squad. And yet he's still doing what he's doing. With SGA, you got two guys who are, you know, potential all-stars. Not take not taking anything away from SGA, but we got to realize personnel. And when I look at who Fox is playing with and who SGA is playing with, I'm more impressed with Fox because they have their team in a just about just as good of a position as OKC is in right now. And they don't even have that crazy of a team. So I give the nod to Fox in that department um, as well. So please, let's stop with the SGA is top five he's the I, I saw some of my chat say he should be 100 rated on 2k like come on bro let's 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 stop that he's not he's not top five he's not better than ja he's not better than De'Aaron fox i don't know if i'm really ready to put him over book but i mean honestly i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad if somebody put him over book but i, I would still be hesitant about that because even book has kind of shown me in the playoffs that you know he can he can play well, but again, SGA hasn't been to the playoffs, so we we're just gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see about that. And this year, we have a really good chance of seeing that with OKC being as good as they are right now. And honestly, I think OKC versus the Kings in a playoff series would be super box office because I believe those two guards are really amongst really if we if we're doing a you know hierarchy of the point guards in the NBA, I believe those guys are pretty much, you know, up there as far as the best. Obviously, Luka's number one. You still got Curry. Ja has came back, so you have to put him in the mix too, but obviously De'Aaron Fox and SGA are right there with those guys, and so I think that would be an amazing series. I'm honestly rooting for that, but come on, man. De'Aaron Fox is better than SGA. Let's calm down. That's going to do it for today, guys. I know it's been a minute, but we're going to be back. 2024 is going to be a great year. I also want to say thank you for all the support in 2023 as we come to a close. It's never going unnoticed. The numbers have gone up. We've gotten so many new listeners, not just in the United States, but all over the world as well. I thank you for that. And trust me, we will come back going into 2024 with better and better content just stay tuned for it but thank you all pray y'all have a good day peace out